that you pray for. Now, you don't have to be super specific, like you don't have to say, get into details, but in general, what are some things you pray for? Sorry, your family. Okay, those who hurt you. Strength? I'm sorry? The world? Guidance, perseverance? What else? Courage? Things I want? Health? Stronger faith? All right, this corner seems to have a lot of good things that they're praying for. The rest of you guys pray in? I'm sorry? Your enemies? Rain? Right, you could, you could pray for probably things that, that go on at work, right? Or things that are going on at school. You pray for your family. You pray for health situations. The list is probably a long list, right? If we really started to think about all the different things that we could pray for or that we should pray for or that we are praying for, right? In fact, it's something that as we look at the different things that go on in our life, that we take to our Heavenly Father in prayer, oftentimes it's not even things that we personally are the only ones praying for, right? Right, if it's something big, what do we often do? We'll ask others to pray for us, right? Right, if, if something bad happens in our life and, and we're really hurting, we might ask our, the rest of our family, our friends, right, our, our, our church family to pray for us. My guess is, much like here at St. Marcus, you, you pray for people during the prayer of the church, right? People that are hospitalized or sick or families that have experienced death. Because Paul says that the, the prayer of a righteous person is effective. And so as not only as we personally pray, right, we, we gather together and share those requests with our fellow Christians. It's why here at Our Savior we have a prayer list. That, that people can share some of the things that are going on in their life so that their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ can pray for them. That's nice, isn't it? Not only individually to be able to talk to our Heavenly Father in prayer, but to know brothers and sisters who care and love us and, and, and are taking those same requests to our Heavenly Father, it's comfort and encouragement, isn't it? But did you know that it doesn't stop just with our own prayers or the prayers of our fellow believers? The Apostle Paul talks about in his letter to the Romans how there are certainly going to be, that there are situations in life where you and I don't know what to pray for. For example, you have a loved one who's in the hospital. They've been sick a long time. They're a believer. What do you pray for? One part of you might be praying for what? That they recover. Right? Because you want them, you love them, you, you enjoy experiencing life with them. At the same time, in their sickness, in their illness, in their, their pain, what might you pray for? Strength for them? Right? You might even pray that God takes them to heaven, right? That God delivers them from their illness so that they don't have to experience that anymore. 
you look at different situations in life and there are going to be those times where you go, Lord, I, I don't know what to pray for. I don't know what's best. And the Apostle Paul points out in those times, and really always, we have a Savior who prays for us. The Apostle Paul talks about in Romans how the Holy Spirit goes to the, our Heavenly Father on our behalf, praying for us. Do you think the Holy Spirit knows what's best in our lives? Do you think God, the Holy Spirit, knows what the best thing is for us? What a comfort then, huh, in those times where we don't know what to pray for, that, that God, the Holy Spirit, is talking to God the Father about what's best for us, about he's praying for us. But it's not just God, the Holy Spirit, who prays for us. We hear in our gospel lesson our own Savior praying to our Heavenly Father for us. The, the gospel lesson we heard just a few moments ago were words that Jesus spoke as part of a prayer on Monday, Thursday evening. By this time, he's up in, in the upper room with his disciples. And he, he prays to his Heavenly Father uh, for himself about all that's going to be happening in the next couple of hours, right? Because they're going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's going to be betrayed. Over the next couple hours, then he's going to be beaten and ultimately end up dying on the cross. So you can imagine some of the things that Jesus was praying about, huh? Strength and courage. Well, fortitude, huh? To just go through with everything that he knows is coming up. He prays for his disciples. And all the different things they're going to be experiencing over the next couple hours. And then we get to verse 20. Which is where our, our, our gospel text picks up. And you know who he starts to pray for then? You and me. For the believers that are going to be coming after him. He, he prays for you and me. And what a comfort, huh? To be able to see our Heavenly Father praying for us. And as we look at those words of Jesus' prayer, we're going to see some of the things that our, our Savior wants for us. Abraham Lincoln, as he was going through that difficult time in our nation's history of the Civil War, said, ultimately divided, we will, we will fall, right? But united, we'll stand. You look at those, those words of Jesus, and one of the first things he wants for his children is what? Unity. Right? But that unity isn't just one where I, he wants us to be united with one another. So, for example, it, it's, it's a wonderful blessing huh, for you all to come down to the South and have brothers and sisters in Christ who you get to worship with that you've never met before and at the same time know, boy, we all believe the same thing. We're united. That's kind of a cool thing. It's kind of a neat thing when I go on vacation to go to other churches and, and worship with fellow Lutherans, fellow Wisconsin Synod Lutherans, and go, wow, I have brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world who believe the same things because we're united. But he just doesn't want us to be united with each other. But ultimately, he wants us to be united with him. And how does that unity come about? Because ultimately, as you look at the unity we have with one another, and the unity we have with God, that unity comes from the same place, doesn't it? Ultimately, our unity with one another and our unity for, with God comes from a unity that comes from being gathered together around God's word. Because where does God speak to us? 
Where does God tell us about his love for us? Where does God tell us about all that he's done for us? Where does God create and strengthen saving faith in your heart and in mine? Through the word. Right? Through God's word, he, he establishes this, this relationship with us where he tells us about his love for us. He tells us about what he's done for us. He tells us about how he's forgiven our sins. He tells us about how he is our dear Heavenly Father and how he's adopted us into his family to be his children. And so we look and that same place that we find our unity and our relationship with God is the same place now that we find unity with each other. Gathered together around God's word and a common belief that says we believe the same thing. This is what God says in his word. This is who he is and what he's done for us. Which means if we want to grow in our unity with each other, if we want to grow in our unity with Christ, where do we start? God's word, right? Now you, you look, at, look at our lives and see how the, all the different ways the devil tries to rip that unity from us, huh? That unity with one another, right? How easy it is for the devil to take different things that we don't like maybe about a friend or a relative or a family member, and he uses those things to, to drive a wedge between us. How he uses our own selfishness to demand what we want and to expect that we get what we want rather than in love putting others' needs before our own. You think of how often the devil uses the busyness of life or the busyness of school or different family situations or any number of things Right to convince us that, well, there are more important things that we need to deal with in life rather than sitting down and growing in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, growing in that unity with our, heavenly, with our, with our God. Because the devil knows if our unity in our relationship with God is weakened, guess what's going to happen to our unity and our relationship with our fellow believers? going to fall apart too. And the devil wants nothing more than to separate us not only from one another, but to separate us from our Heavenly Father. So what's the answer for you and I? How do we grow in that unity? We continue to strive to take advantage of those opportunities we have to grow in God's word. Right? It, it means that we're here regularly on Sundays to hear God's word proclaimed. Right? It, it means we take advantage of opportunities we have during the week to sit down together around God's word and, and grow in, his, in our faith through, through Bible study. It means we take opportunities each and every day to open our Bibles and to listen to what God tells us and to respond to him in prayer. Right? Because as I open God's word, and I hear my Heavenly Father speak to me, what is that doing with my relationship with God? It's growing, isn't it? We're becoming united. As I do that, it's going to begin to change how I act and interact with others. I'm going to continue to grow in my relationship with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. As I see that, the Holy Spirit will, or, or God's word is going to convict me of those times where I failed in those things, I'm going to see my selfishness, I'm going to see the opportunities I've missed, 
and there my heavenly father is going to remind me of the forgiveness I have in my savior. Right? How, how, my, how my God loves me so much that he sent his son to die for me so that I could be united with him. He's, we're going to hear about a, a God who, who tells us that our sins separate us and, and, and destroy our relationship with him, but how he reconciles or reestablishes that relationship with us through our, the work of, of Jesus. You see, but he doesn't just want for us unity with each other and unity with our God. He's got more. Because if we're united with God, the result of that relationship, that unity we have with God, ultimately then is eternal glory. And so the next thing we hear Jesus praying about is that, that you and I would be able to share in God's glory. Right? That you and I would be able to experience the glory Jesus has as God's Son. That you and I would be able to experience the glory that is ours as, as sons and daughters of our, of our heavenly King by being with him for an eternity. And as we grow together in God's word, as we grow in our relationship with God, ultimately that's what God promises, right? He promises that one day we will spend an eternity with him in heaven. That this is what is waiting for us as his children. But it isn't just unity, and it isn't just an eternal home experiencing the glory of God that, that Jesus prays for, but he wants continued growth in God's word. In fact, he, he tells us near the end of, of that prayer that he wants us not only to be growing together in God's word, but then also being the ones that share it. Right? That as we continue to grow and understand the things that our God has done for us, we see and understand it and marvel at God's love for us. And it's something that we just can't keep to ourselves, but that you and I get to, the privilege of being able to share. Of being able to use the love God has for us as the motivation to, to talk to others about the relationship they have with their Savior, about the, the things that God has done for them. So what are the things that you pray about? You can probably have a whole long list of things that are going on in your life that you talk to your Heavenly Father about because he promises to hear and, and answer. But as we see the things that our Savior prays for us, he gives us a few things that we might add to our own. Right? We might add to our prayer list some spiritual needs. Right? That we would continue to grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That he would work through word and sacrament to grow our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That he would grant unity among us as believers. We ask that he would use the, the time that we have to, to not only, well, enjoy the things of life, but to be able to, to sit down and, and set aside time in which we can grow in God's word. Because through that growth in God's word, we grow in our relationship with God and the blessings that he gives to us. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, 
please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.